There are who think that Ragnarok is a style of Czechoslovakian death metal. There are men who think that Mjolnir is the sound a cat makes when squeezed too hard around the middle. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost. Two men who should have better things to do, but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. All right, folks, let's talk about the mighty Thor. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder. New yes. Thor movie coming out very soon. Coming out the start of November, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, all right. I like we... the Thor movies. They're good. That's because the guy who plays Thor is incredible. Is so charming. Yeah, he's great. Chris Hemsworth. Ah, uh, Chris Can, I'm just going to start this off with a story that my friend told me about. Chris Hemsworth is... Uh, an actor, he's very ridiculously good-looking actor. Yeah. My friend went to a wedding in some tropical island, <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth was also a guest at the wedding. Oh wow! And one day, my friend's down at the beach, and he goes down there and he's hanging out, and he's just sitting on the beach with his girlfriend, and they're, you know, hanging out, and suddenly Chris Hemsworth comes down. And he's so nice. He's just like a genuine, sweet guy. And he comes up to my friend. He's like, hey, man, what, you want to go swimming? And he whips off his top. And he really is. He looks like right. Thor. Like, he just looks fantastic. He is Thor, yeah. right. And my friend was like, no, I don't want to go swimming next to you. I don't want to. No, I'm sorry. I'm not. You know, so, like, just everybody, like, just what couldn't stop watching him as he, you know, casually just went swimming. And, and Oh, my God. But... I'm telling you, man, if Thor asked me to go swimming, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. going swimming with I, Thor, man. I'm getting know. a I, selfie swimming with Thor. You just look ridiculous. So what? Next to Thor. I'm just too much of a geek fan. I, you know, I've been into Thor my whole life. I've read the <laughs> Thor comics my whole life, and these movies are better than the old comics. Well, that's the thing with Thor, right? Is that almost like Iron Man in the comics, mm -hmm. the movies are better. There's a lot of weak Iron Man. <laughs> There's a There's lot, a of, lot weak of weak Thor. Thor. A lot. <laughs> but it's so plotting. The old Thor, like in the 60s and 70s, those Thor stories, I read them all. But it was like eating kale because it's just, <laughs> it's good for you and you got to uh, get through it. But it's, man, it's tough chewing. Uh, you know, man. all the the language and Odin and the Volstag and the Warriors 3 and Loki and everything. Boy, it was tough. Well, if you and I were in a comic book shop in Long Island, out in Suffolk County, and I bought the first threads, the first run of Thor, from the very beginning, Journey to Mystery, 83. The epic collection, that's what yes, you bought. The epic, God of Thunder oh, we have epic it right here. collection. Yeah, and it's basically the first 20 or so issues. It's and all Journey into Mystery. Before yes. he had his own book, it was called Journey into Mystery. Right, and you see like the beginning of the greatness of Marvel emerge out of the mediocre kind of 50s comic books that was happening. Yeah. It starts off with a cool origin story, which is Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. They kind of hand the book over 
to Larry Lieber, and it's just like... Stanley's brother. Yeah, and it's just not really happening. It's yeah. very cliche. It's boring. But he comes... You know, it's the... Thor came along. It was 1962, you know, so yeah. Kennedy's president and the Bay of Pigs is happening, and and Thor comes along. This, this the is first a year stories, after First Fantastic Four. Yeah, so he's one of the very first characters. They, you know, and they put him in the Avengers as soon yes. as the Avengers come about. Um, and the first story almost feels like one of those old 50s alien uh, monster comics. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's called, I think it's called like the Moon Men from Saturn or something. It's the Stone Men from Saturn. Stone Men. And, uh, it, but it's, it's like a, it's like a, a monster story. The Mole Men, the Lava Men. Thor stapled onto it. Yeah. Yeah. But it does, for some reason, maybe because the book was just waning and they knew it. Stan and Jack took over the book about 15 issues in and really started to run. And it's like really much better. And they also, Kirby develops it into Kirby right before your eyes, issue by issue, into like who he really became. Yeah. And his style, his modern style. It's incredible to watch. They both take credit for coming up with Thor, too. Yeah. Stan Lee takes credit for it. Jack Kirby separately takes credit for it. <laughs> Seems more believable that it's a Kirby thing to me. That's his thing. Outer Gods. space, crazy yeah. structures in space like Asgard. Yeah. You know, I could really see that. The, but, but they didn't know if it was going to be a, a thing. Like the first issue, they spell Thor's name two different ways. Right. Like they spell it with two R's or one R. They they were they weren't <laughs> taking it quite so seriously at the very beginning. I think the idea of Donald Blake hitting the hammer would be a real Stan Lee kind of concept. Whereas I think Kirby and even later on they have the Tales of Asgard in story in each issue of Thor, which is a separate story where it's just there's no Donald Blake parts. It's all about Asgard and all the different characters. That's much yeah. more Kirby. Yeah. He's like and new gods. It's like, who cares about Donald Blake? Well, Donald Blake is the secret identity of Thor for the first, like, six or seven years of the Thor comic right. books. And that character gets the shaft. Nobody cares about Don Blake. They all just want Thor. Right. You don't need a secret identity for Thor. And so, but they were sort of stuck with it. So, but eventually they retconned him out. And Don Blake, I read about this. Donald Blake was something that Odin created in order for Thor to experience humility as oh, a human being. Okay. And become a doctor and fall in love and be a humble person. Jane Foster. Jane Foster. And then he becomes worthy of carrying the hammer again. And so they just get rid of the Don Blake character eventually completely. Right. Well, it's good that they did yeah. that. And later on, there's, yeah, there's no Donald Blake anymore. It was dumb. It's funny, too, reading these old, you know, 1962, 64 comics. They they don't know who to have Thor fight for a while. Like, the, the villains are like Stone Men from Saturn and the... Executioner Zarko, the Tomorrow Man. I remember him, Zarko, uh, and just communists. <laughs> they just have him fight communists. Well, that was also telling too. Is like, I mean, like that's what's going on at that time. Yeah, you know, I just started watching the Vietnam special, Ken Burns. The Ken have Burns. You seen any of it? No, I haven't. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, that's as an aside outside of the Thor thing. It's like I encourage everyone to watch it. It's just so relevant to now. 
And the communist threat, the propaganda of the communist threat in the United States is so large. I mean, it's like so... They've infected all the comics. They have... Everything is just maps. You see maps. You know, China, the USSR, it's spreading. We cannot lose our way of life to the communists, which is so silly. What do they want to do? They just want to kind of give every... Split the proceeds. (laughs) They never do. Obviously, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> not very successful they at that. They don't split the yeah. proceeds. But, yeah, so, yeah, all the books in early Marvel have so much anti-communist kind of stuff. But then they get into the 70s, and Thor is fighting, like, it, it, it. they sort of figure it out. As soon as he starts to fight Loki, it starts to make much more sense yeah. that he really lives in the actual world of the Norse gods. Yeah. And... There's Ragnarok, and then Kirby comes up with villains that are equal to, you know, fighting Thor. Yeah, like sure. There's Ulick and the Eternals and Hela and all these right, really yeah. good godlike characters that he can fight with. But there's some, some of those comics, they were so boring. Too. I know, I know. They it were just... the Thor comics. But you know what? I bought them all. I don't know. I didn't matter. I was into Thor. You know, I like Thor and the Avengers. He's a kind of hero that's great to have in there because when you really need somebody to finally kick ass and end the whole thing, it's like you can call on Thor. He's like next to Hulk, the strongest person in the Marvel Universe. That's why they apparently left him out of some of the... Like they made that movie Captain America Civil War, which is basically an Avengers movie. Yes. But they left Thor and Hulk out because they're so powerful that the movies don't make much sense when you include them. Like, they, yeah. they, the fight is so unequal as soon as you get <laughs> Thor involved. <laughs> yeah, you know. I And there's a lot of issues throughout the whole history of the Marvel Universe. Like, who is the strongest character in Marvel? So Hulk will fight Thor. That's what's going to be fun about the new Thor Ragnarok movie is it's a buddy movie. It's basically a buddy movie with the Hulk and Thor. Right. That's a weird pairing. It's great. I Fantastic. Know. But the two trailers look incredible. They look great. Yeah. It's going to be it, I think it's going to be a lot. I'm of fun. seeing the movie as soon as it comes out. Yeah. I'm in on that, man. They they don't have to sell me on that one. Marvel has really ran with the whole theme of outer space and the incredible graphics. You know, well, like the making... Gardens of the Galaxy, the whole thing. They ran with it. They're not Doctor Strange. They're not like shying away. Oh, we have to do like a more humanistic movie, you know. They're getting fantastic about with man it. thing, yeah. you know. But it, oh man, they're getting Fantastic Four. Is no, that no, what you no. Just said? I think they're they're getting more fantastical with oh, it. Oh, more like fantastical. They're, like they're because the Guardians of the Galaxy was such a good movie and such a hit. Yeah. Like I feel like the new look of Thor Ragnarok reflects that, reflects the success of Guardians of the Galaxy. That yes, it's just absolutely. a more fun tone and it's more colorful and. Right, you know, and we love and these music. characters. You know, it's like you and I have been thinking about the Defenders, which we've been watching, which, you know, neither of us care too it stinks. much. It stinks. It's horrible. It stinks. But, like, there's so much nostalgia for all these characters. So anyone who's like us that grew up on the comic books and still love all these characters and reading comic books, it's like you, you're into it. You know, there's no way that I'm not seeing Thor and Hulk what you do know? you like about <laughs> Thor? What is it that that attracts you to Thor, like in the kid in you? Oh man, I love Thor's hammer. I love the hammer, man. 
It's like no one can pick it up but Thor. That's it. That's the hammer. I completely agree. You no, know, like the, the Hulk tries to pick it up, but he's like, he can't pick it up. You know, I remember that in the comics. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, go ahead, man. Try. Try and pick it up. You can't pick that thing up. You're the strongest man on earth. You can't pick that up. You're not worthy. Right. You're not worthy. That's what I love about him. And you know what I love about the hammer, too, is that he can't fly. Thor cannot himself fly. Right. He just whips the hammer around and then throws it and, it and catches, grabs it. Right. So he's basically riding his own hammer when he flies. It's incredible. Which is just a weird, cool thing. He's in charge of weather. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's in charge. He's the... He's in charge of the Bureau of Weather. Yeah, I mean, even more than Storm from X-Men, right? Oh, he man. really, I mean, Storm seems to have a lot of control of weather, but she's more like the hurricanes that we're having right now. It's just kind of out of control. It's like, all right, everybody, you're going to be drowning. Thor seems to have a lot of control over the weather, and he's always like, I'm going to throw a lightning bolt at He's you. the god of thunder. He pulls that out. Did you know the song God of Thunder by Kiss? No, thankfully I didn't know that song at all. I don't, I God couldn't. God of Thunder. <laughs> I know Thunder Road. I don't. It's just... Well, that's quite in a different level yeah, sorry, of enjoyment to be had from Thunder Road to God of Thunder with by, by Gene Simmons, I'm guessing, because yeah. he's such a comic book nut. Are there any storylines that you remember from... Thor comics? Not particularly. I think that was why I wasn't so into the Thor title. He I did just a whole thing. Him. He did a thing. I did like, like when Walt Simonson took over with Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. I remember that, but I think I was more art driven for me because I was a huge fan. Simonson is great. He's incredible. That art is wonderful, yeah. You know, I think I met him at a con. In like 1976. I really? Mean, this is really early on, man. He was not doing Thor yet. You know, that was probably in the late 70s, I right. think. that. But I remember I got energized. Everybody got energized about Thor when he took over. Because I think yeah. it was just kind of like wading through the universe somehow. There was enough readership to stay with it. Because yeah. it's Thor. He's one of the main heroes. You know, so I don't know. I always liked him in the Avengers, but I can't really particularly tell you some storylines that really blew me out. I remember when all the Avengers died, some villain came and killed all the Avengers. Yeah. And Don Blake came and he had to try to revive them all. He oh, try really? To, he was the doctor. This is in the Avengers. Yes, yeah, it was an Avengers <clears throat> comic where they all were killed by some villain and Don Blake came and he's... When he's do on you the think com- this is? Oh, it's like 78, something oh, like that. Oh, wow. Like... Like George Perez? Yeah, Avengers? George Perez era. Yeah. Right, yeah. Maybe a little earlier than that, even. I mean, Thor was kind of funny with the Avengers if you read the really early issues because <laughs> he's an egomaniac. Yeah. You know, he's like when you have Giant Man, the Wasp, and Captain America, it's like they're no, com- they can't compare in power. You right. know, they're like, he's like, you, you're all a bunch of peons. Right. You know, you're not even nearly as smart as I am. You know, it's like, there's always that kind of air about Thor. There's a wonderful book that's for kids and adults called Dallaire's Book of Norse Myths. And uh, it's just a great way to hear all the Norse 
myths in order and have them make sense. Right. Dallaire is, uh, they were a husband and wife team who in the 60s wrote a, a few books, one about Greek myths and this one about Norse myths and one about animals, I think. Right. But this one, it's it's beautiful and it tells you all the basic stories of Norse mythology. It tells the story of Ragnarok, tells about Thor and Loki and Sif and right. Odin. And it's, it's really fun to to read for all ages. I bet you if I gravitated to that at the right time, I would have been really into reading that. Yeah. Because I was also, like with Conan, I was into the books. You know, oh, you like were into Robert, e. Robert Howard. E. Howard, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I needed more. Well, when you read the old, you know, original Norse myths, it's fun to see how they plumb those. Marvel Comics plums the actual mythology to find good comic book stories throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s. Right, yeah, they're always dipping into that. That yeah. I knew. And it's great. Yeah. It's Yeah, I think, I, you know, I don't have that much else to say is that, you know, you watch the Hulk versus Thor in the trailer, and I'm like, all right, I don't have to see anything else. I'm going to the movies, you know. There's I'll be no, there. I, totally going. I'm, going I'm totally to going the to the movies. movie. I'm just excited about the movie. I hope it doesn't suck. I, I don't think it will. Oh, one thing I will say, though, is that when I read, I loved reading these old uh, comics when you bought this yeah. uh, collection of original Thor comics, but there is one guy in here, an artist who comes in for a little while, uh, Al Hartley. He is bad, yeah. bad. He, that I little mean, they had Jack Kirby and Joe Sinnott. Before they took it over. The, Don Heck, even, really good. And then Al Hartley. And Joe Sinnott does some art all on his own, which I, I never saw him do any of I know. All... Not, he's not just inking. He's doing the whole thing. Yeah. And then you get to some of these. There's this one where you just he just can't draw perspective. It just doesn't seem like he can draw perspective at all, this yeah. guy. Poor Al Hartley. <laughs> I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He just, the comics did not. That really stood out for me in the middle of that first run that yeah. the art and the writing is terrible editor's note okay since we're here let's talk about al hartley for a minute al hartley was one of those comic book artists and illustrators who worked a lot al hartley's father actually authored the taft hartley act which was a major anti-labor union bill and because of that there's only one step between him He's only one degree of separation from William Howard Taft, and who doesn't love William Howard Taft? So in World War II, Al Hartley was a B-17 Flying Fortress bomber pilot, and then when he came back, uh, he worked in comics, and with Stan Lee, he co-created Patsy Walker as a romance comic, and uh, there were so many Patsy Walker comics at one point, like different titles about that character. That character later became Hellcat, who's a superhero, who is now Jessica Jones's best friend Patsy uh, in the Netflix series. She's played by Rachel Taylor. Al Hartley drew every kind of comic in the 50s and 60s. Comedy, western, crime, romance, monster, war, alien, even cheesecake comics, everything. But that Thor story that we were just making fun of is actually the only superhero story that he ever drew. He was chosen by Stan Lee to be the first artist to follow Jack Kirby on Thor. But Stan didn't like Al's work, and 
and he never used him for superheroes again. In reading up about Al Hartley, we found that in 1967, he became a born-again Christian, and he continued working uh, on Archie comics. And he was infusing a lot of Christian storylines into the Archie comics until the publishers asked him to pull back and really, you know, stick to the romance and the jalopies and the school dances and everything like that. And then he worked on the Christian comic Crossing the Switchblade, which is something that we talked about on this program with Sherwood Corrali a few months ago. And then, then, Al Hartley got an idea that he said was actually from God. God actually told Al Hartley what he should do next. And what God, what God told him to do was to license some Archie characters and bring Christianity back to Archie. And he did. And if you look at some of those Archie comics in the 70s, and I don't know why you necessarily would, but they really are filled with these Christian storylines that uh, Al Hartley did um, through the mid-70s. Um, and the Archie comics is what Al Hartley was really known for. Al kept illustrating and drawing comics his whole life. He won uh, an Inkpot Award in 1980 at the San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, he died in uh, 2003. So that's Al Hartley. <laughs> it's such a different era. I mean, it's fifty. It's fifty-five years ago. Yeah, you know, it's like it's a whole. The world is so massively different. Bob Dylan's first record came out the same time. Right, sixty-two. Yeah, same time the first Thor came out. Yeah, man, it's a long time ago. Well, it's funny in watching the Vietnam thing. The first episode basically is the whole history of Vietnam from like 1850 you know which is fascinating there's so much going on you never I never knew that stuff and then you know it gets into the second episode and of course they play hard rain's gonna fall and you're like you know that's what almost doesn't make sense because you have that level of breakthrough of the level of art that's possible of storytelling and deliverance of material dylan is the master and you have like some crappy thor (laughs) (laughs) you know it doesn't quite make sense it's not their best it's not not spider-man it's not ff where they're really like all right we got to make these great yeah and they succeed a lot they make amazing characters you know but we love thor anyway yeah we'll see you with the uh at the yeah, well, the movies. Grown ass man fans, we let us know when you're going to the to see the thing. We're gonna let's any get a, theater you're in. Let's in the get United a bunch States. of people together and go to yeah. see Ragnarok. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Did no, you say you would meet people it? at any theater in the United States? Any Is theater. It, you'll you'll travel across the entire country in order to meet people and see this movie. If somebody, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, if you're in like Idaho. Yep. You know, we'll go. You get we'll me. go and we will just let us know and we will come and we'll buy the popcorn. Gonna be amazing if someone says, Oh yeah, I'm in Idaho. I'm going Wednesday night. And then we're, we're there. Then we're committed to it. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, goodbye. Ciao. Grown ass man.